Matt Z is alongside, as always. Hello there, Matthew. Hello. What was your favorite moment from the bye week? My favorite moment from the bye week was seeing Denver go up 20 to nothing at halftime. Yeah. That will coincide with my worst moment of the weekend, seeing Minnesota beat Denver 27 to 23. Minnesota now six out of seven games they've won. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Denver should have taken care of business. They should have. December 23rd is circled on my calendar. My I favorite. just landed tickets to that game, by the way, for my uh, daughter over in Minneapolis. So I'm yeah. very happy about that. Yes. It's nice to know people. Nice little Christmas present. Nice little perks. Yes. My favorite moment was during the Colts game with the offensive line celebration. Did you see this? I did not. With Quinton Nelson. He's a guard for the Colts, six foot five, 330 pounds. He runs fullback from the, for them every now and then. All right. Gets a handoff yesterday, scores what they think is a touchdown. All the offensive linemen come around, pick him up, and he does a keg stand oh, no. as the touchdown celebration. Then, touchdown gets called back. Uh. <laughs> they had to lift a 330-pound man for nothing, <laughs> which was awesome, but very creative. I think that goes down as the best touchdown celebration I'll look for that it. wasn't I'll look to date. For it. That's too bad. Did get the Christmas shopping all but done on Saturday. Yeah. Promised the wife with a couple of road trips coming up. We'd take the day, get all that done. So that's out of the way as well. So other than that, it was uh, a nice, relaxing week. Uh, the other best moment, I think, was the Bayport Pirates getting to the state championship. Congratulations yes. to the Bayport Pirates. Okay, I'm yeah. looking forward to going down to Madison on Friday before I head out to Santa Clara on Sunday for what should be a very interesting evening for these Green Bay Packers. And, uh, yeah, uh, all signs point to the winner of this one getting the inside track to home field advantage. Yeah, it certainly looks like it. I mean, obviously, San Francisco, tough, tough defense. But as you've seen, they can give up points as well. They were down 16-zip. They're not invincible. I don't believe so. Right? I don't think so. It's going to be a hell of a matchup, that's What an NFC, though. Five teams with eight or more wins. It's really going to be a fun (laughs) month and a half. And then there's the NFC East. Yeah, and then there's the NFC East. Six and four, the runaway leader, uh, your Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Usually after uh, the ball game, we go to the locker rooms uh, and, uh, and dive into what the guys had to say because there was no game yesterday on the bye week we visit a lot of locker rooms from around the nfl and our first stop is levi stadium that's where the pack is headed sunday night niners rally from that 16 nothing deficit by beating the arizona cardinals 36 26 jimmy g mr garoppolo hit jeff wilson jr for the go-ahead touchdown in the final minute and he says this offense really came through you know when guys got their number called a little banged up uh, some guys and they just played through it i mean Up front, those guys were tremendous, and the skill positions were awesome. They got a gimme touchdown on a fumble in the closing seconds, and Kyle Shanahan's Niners are now 9-1, and but said we had to scrap the run game just to get there. I mean, it changes a lot. You know, I think that was the first time um, I consciously got away from it in the second half um, just because, you know, it didn't look like it was going well wasn't going well and it wasn't going well at all for those minnesota vikings at home yesterday unbelievably down 20 nothing at halftime to the broncos uh, but kirk cousins fired three touchdown passes in after intermission in the 27 23 rally you have to understand we play this game one play at a time and it's very cliche but it's the truth and, and you can't get it all back in one play and you still have to take check downs and take what they give you throwing an interception and double coverage is not going to get you back in the game so you take what they give you 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 play one play at a time, and you trust that if they give you a shot, you take it. And they took it. Some deep shots. Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph. Did you see that note? 99 games since 2000, I believe, where teams were down 20, nothing right. at the half. 
Oh, and 99. Only one team is now. Unbelievable. <laughs> and it would be the Vikings. So they are right on the Packers' heels. A half game back at 8-3. and three. Ah, but the tiebreaker still goes to Green Bay from that Week 2 victory at Lambeau. Next stop, Ford Field. Dallas outlasted Detroit 35-27. Lines without Matthew Stafford again. They fall to 3-6-1 and one under rookie head coach Matt Patricia. I'd say uh, in all three phases, there's plays out there that we need to do a better job of. So continually trying to, uh, to improve this and uh, get it better. I think the biggest thing for us right now that continually talking about is uh, the penalties and the penalty situation, um, and it just continues to hurt us. So. My bad. Second year for Matt Patricia. Yeah. Makes 3-6-1 and one look even worse. Yes, it does. And I know it's his second year because my youngest brother is a diehard Lions fan. And all I hear from him on Sunday game days is how bad Patricia is <laughs> as a head coach. And, oh, I thought he's supposed to be a defensive genius. Yeah. Our defense sucks. It's not good. That's all That's I hear sure. about. But, yeah, but Stafford's hurt. They lost Kerryon Johnson. They lost Trey Carson, for goodness sakes, yeah. to injury down in Detroit. So it's a mess there. Finally, last stop, L.A. Memorial Coliseum. Last night, Rams beat the Bears 17-7. Matt Nagy's bunch lost for the sixth time in 10 tries, and they also lost Mitchell Trubisky to a hip injury in the second half. We have to see how serious it is, number one. And, and so we'll do that here when we get back and find out exactly where he's at. But I just appreciate Mitch's uh, his toughness. You know, I mean, uh, you, you appreciate that. The kid did not want to come out. He did get back to Chicago early this morning. He did get looked at by a doctor, mm-hmm. and it's a hip pointer. And Nagy says if he can... Uh, work his way through it he is going to stay my starting quarterback no chase daniel for the stretch run for those four and six bears which makes sense because you put everything into mitchell trubisky when you traded up a spot to go and get him over all right all right you know i mean you gotta go with him. their gm mr pace doesn't need to be reminded i know you gotta go with him at this point it's ride or die with mitchell trubisky sink or sink as i call it yeah (laughs) yeah they're sinking that's for sure they are for sure all right so now the stage is set for the packers and the 49ers to battle for the nfc's top seed with five to go after this one and i'm going to turn to defensive coordinator mike Petton, who last week when i visited kind of best summed up uh what the home field admit a home field advantage could mean. Yeah, obviously, it's it's important to everybody. I mean, you just look at the statistically home teams in the NFL in the playoffs. I think have a higher win percentage than I think in any other in any other sport. Uh, so it's huge, and then certainly here with the the possibility of getting the conditions that that uh, you know would favor a team that that resides here uh, is big as well. Plus, I think we you know we have a great crowd. Our guys our guys feed off of that. So it's, it's important, but it, again, it's, it's nothing you know, that's going to affect how we prepare or anything like that. I mean, we, we know the next one's going to, be a, is, is going to be a big one and probably go a long way in determining that. But you know, right now at 8-2, and two, the only thing we've, you know, we've guaranteed is that we, you know, we, won't be, we won't have a losing season. So. <laughs> yeah, at 8-2, eight 8-8's and eight and as bad as it's going to get. So it will not be three consecutive losing seasons across the street. Which I'll, is- make, I'll make a very bold prediction. They'll finish above the, the Packers will not finish 8-8 eight eight this I, season. I don't, yeah. I don't worry. All right. I'm not too worried. I didn't think Mike sounded too worried. No, no, he's but not he's worried. right. I mean, nothing has been guaranteed, uh, even though they're right in the mix of it with five, team, five teams, as I said. You know, we've got San Francisco at nine. Then you've got the Packers, the Saints, yep. and uh, the Seahawks, uh, and the Vikings, all with eight wins uh, and six to play every week right now is like a playoff game uh, i think it is for those top couple of seeds which is really fun as a fan 
to scoreboard watch all these different games on a Sunday, Monday, or a Thursday because every game is so impactful right now in the NFC. And because of that, uh, there's very little play for those wild card hopefuls. Rams have six. Eagles are now five and five. Yeah. They got to giddy up. Uh, if they want to get into the mix as well. So that's kind of how the weekend went uh, without the pack. But they are all back, and they were on the practice field today. And when we come back, we're going to meet the Packers' uh, six-round route choice from the University of Notre Dame. And that will be rookie running back Dexter Williams. He's next when the fifth quarter returns to the turn right after this. Daniels and Matt Z. Welcome back, everybody. By week's over, let's play some football. Packers and Niners coming up on a flexed game. They moved it from 325 to 720 Sunday night. Thank you very little, NBC. But the ratings are going to be huge. Big time. Well, that was just the personal yeah. sentiment there. I'm not a big fan of night games on the road, as you know. But anyway, it's a pleasure <laughs> to bring this guy on board. you got free back. tickets coming your way in Minnesota. I know. Relax. They're not free. Believe me, they're <laughs> not free. Uh, Six-round draft choice out of the University of Notre Dame, a native of Orlando, Florida, and he is Going to patiently bide his time with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams running like and scoring like crazy, but he's going to be good when the time arrives, believe me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, pleasure to welcome on board to the fifth quarter, Dexter Williams, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Dexter. Thank you. Thank you. How you doing? How you doing? Good. Thanks for coming over. Thank you for having me. Sporting the big uh, salute to service sweatshirt. Yes, sir. Yes, well sir. Well done. You got the Packer established 1919 hat. They give you free clothes over there, huh? Along with a salary? Uh, just a little bit. Well, welcome to Green Bay, Dex. It's a pleasure to have you on board. What'd you do on the bye week? Um, so on the bye week, I went back home to Orlando, Florida, spending uh, a little bit of time with family and friends just to catch up and uh, just still worked out, make sure I stayed on top of my work. And, uh, and just, that was just really it, just to really get this time off uh, and to really just take care of my body throughout this process. The bye came late, as late as ever for the Packers. Uh, you know, 10 games in, that's as many as you played last. That's one more than you played last year. Uh, were you kind of feeling that as a, as a rookie? They always say there's a bit of a wall, uh, you know, for guys uh, that they get through what would be a college season and there's still six more to go. Yeah, I definitely heard about the rookie wall a lot just because I'm a rookie and uh, just from the other guys in the locker room. But at the uh, pace that we're going with the Packers and uh, a lot of the veterans helping us out, they're helping us get over this wall and also just uh, uh, just really just to keep on pushing because they know it's a long season for us and that we always been we have been working since January. But we have something good that is going on right now in this locker room. So I would say that rookie wall is really down right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, it's a rookie fence. <laughs> garden fence you can step right over did, it yeah. did you go through any rookie hazing type stuff when you got here um i would say just really just getting food for the guys especially the running back room um at the time uh it was kind of hard because i didn't have a car so i would have to like order all these foods and then take uber each and every uh, so yeah uh, it was uh it was kind of difficult but now that i have a car um it's easy getting the food for guys and just bringing food. And also, I know for Christmas, I have to decorate the room. So mm. this is going to uh, be a fun one. Well, yeah. Food, they're putting you through the rigor, man. Food-wise, does anyone have really unique expectations or requests on their food order to make it a little bit more difficult for you? Um, the only time it's difficult when I have to go from uh, – 
different places and they're like on total opposite sides of green bay <laughs> so it's just like that's the only difficult process but other than that the guys don't really try to make so it like hard on jonesy you. wants wings and jamal wants uh you know a sub or you're running yeah. all over town yeah so basically i'll be running all over town and trying to make the plane at the same time thank so, yeah. god there's only a, thank, thank god there's only a couple of them you yeah got, you know aaron and jamal and, and uh danny and that's about it for mm-hmm. the running back room otherwise it could be really problematic for you. Yes. For for you, going from college, you played at Notre Dame to the NFL, what's been, been the biggest adjustment for you as a rookie? Um, the biggest adjustment uh for me as a rookie, I would I would say just uh getting used to like how things are run in the NFL. Because it's so much different at, um and then you come from being that guy in college to like just really just waiting your turn, waiting uh, for your opportunity to come. So that was one hard thing to deal with. But when you have such a great group in this running back room, it's they have uh, just really just been making me up my level, up my level of play, and just uh, making sure I come to practice, practice each and every day ready to play. I was going to say, I mean, you've been active three games, mm-hmm. three in a row up until Carolina. To Carolina game. Yeah. And so was it hard for you to kind of make that adjustment, uh, realizing – Man, you had 900. You averaged 110 yards a game last year for the Irish. To suddenly, Dexter, we love you, but you're not going to dress today. But you got to be there and prepare and practice like you are starting. Yeah, um, I would say um, it's really not that hard. But at the same time, I understand that it's a business, so it's a business decision, and then we have to do what's best for the team. So I have to just make sure that I can only control what I can control, and also just preparing myself throughout that week just like I'm the starting running back. You certainly got some reps in preseason. Somebody brought up a picture with your touchdown against the Chiefs. (laughs) That was kind of cool. Yeah, that was definitely kind of cool. And there was certainly plenty of body of work for you to earn a spot. You were a six-round draft choice. That's not guaranteed. Your thoughts coming into training camp, knowing you've got two veteran guys here already, uh, and you would have to do something to earn their trust and find your way out of the 53. Yeah, um, that was just a, a tough process, just knowing that I wasn't drafted as high and I already had two great running backs in front of me. So I just had to really just come in each and every day, keeping my head down, focusing on what I need to focus on, and just come out and just have fun playing football. Because in this at this uh, level, it's just like this was a dream come true. So And then I just had to make sure I put those feelings to the side and make sure I come every day prepared and ready to work. Speaking of the running back room, very close-knit group. We've had Danny and Jamal on the show this year. Jamal seems to have the biggest of the personalities. Yeah. I would imagine you'd agree with that, right? Yes, I can agree. When he was on the show, he was bragging about how good he is at video games. Mm -hmm. Have you beaten him in any video games? He says Aaron Jones cannot beat him at anything. Me and Jamal have never played a really? video game together. So now that you say that, I will make sure I go in, right. go in tomorrow and say something about that. <laughs> because I play a lot of video games, uh, too, right. as well. He's, he says he's the best Madden football player. Okay, we'll get back to that. Because <laughs> I love Madden as well. Now, you guys, good, good. You guys are loaded in the uh, players' lounge, though, with uh, – gaming equipment right there's yeah. games going on all the time it's games going on all the time when we have a break all you can see is a lot of guys in there playing madden 2k whatever you name fortnite modern warfare so it's just a lot of uh, gaming going on <laughs> when you outside of video games when you look at your actual game as a nfl player what would you say your biggest strength is and what's the biggest thing you've needed to work on since coming into the nfl 
Um, I would say my biggest strength is just explosiveness. Like once I put my foot in the ground, it was just like I can get to top speed so fast and maintain that top speed. So, um, and that's how I uh, made myself a home run hitter. And also, I would say one of my biggest, my biggest weaknesses is just really when I had to come in and just actually learn how to read NFL defenses because they prepare for uh, like certain players and like a lot of teams this year have been preparing for us like many different types of ways. So just learning the NFL defenses and the different type, uh, the different type of defenses that we are playing each and every week. A lot of players when they come into the league say it's a different speed. Yeah. From college to the pros, did you notice that? pretty early on that things just are faster all around? Yes, like when I first came in, it was just like the defensive line. It was like, wow, you have defensive linemen running like four or five. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And um, they can retrace so fast. So that was uh, something that was very big to me. But once the game kind of slowed down, it kind of felt a little bit like college. But the only thing I would say that's really different from coming from college to the NFL is just the mental aspect of the game is because you have a lot of guys who are extremely smart players. So it's just really about just uh, being like uh, taking like really just studying a lot of the plays, knowing the game and increasing your IQ as well. And I think from what we've seen so far from Matt LaFleur's offense here, 10 games in, the more involved the running backs get, the more productive this offense is overall. This is a really running back friendly offense, isn't it? Yes, it's definitely a running back friendly offense. We all try to praise ourselves in the room to just really go out and take each day, day by day. And we know that this offense runs through us. So the better that we do, the better that the offense does, the better Aaron does, the better all of us do as a team. So um, we just really try to pride ourselves with being able to run the ball. 20 touchdowns between Aaron and Jamal. Yeah, that's a lot of touchdowns. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his eyes are getting big. I want to get in on that. I want to get in on that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so as, as Mark mentioned at the top of the show, you're a sixth-round draft pick out of Notre Dame. When you were drafted, where were you? Who were you with? What do you remember about that day? Oh, it was definitely a special day. And it was kind of – it was it was awkward at first because before the Green Bay Packers called me, the Raiders called me and the house got extremely quiet. But then they said they weren't going to draft me to the seventh round. And like, as soon as I pressed end on the phone, the Green Bay Packers called. And I was like, my heart just dropped. I almost didn't pick up the phone call at first. And my family was around. I was in Davenport, Florida. A lot of friends. We was uh, having a little cookout and everything. Just, uh, just really great time. ESPN was there and everything. So once I got the call, it was just like the house got extremely quiet. <laughs> my heart is like beating. I can just remember it. Then my mom started crying. And then I'm just like in such a shock because like my dreams had finally came true. And it was just a blessing. And it was a day that I won't forget. So who was on the other line? Was it Goody? Was it Brian Gutekunst? Or was it a scout? Oh, uh, it was a scout. All right. Yeah. All right. Did you think the Packers were calling for the same reason? Hey, we're going to take you next round. Just sit tight. We want you. We're looking at you. I was praying that they were <laughs> calling for the same reason. I was like, man, this is a long process. Back to back. Yeah. Hey, we'll get you next time. Is That would have been really rough. So you yeah. go from the most, well, one of the most iconic college programs yeah. to easily the most iconic professional franchise. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, Not it's bad. definitely similar in a lot of ways. Just the tradition and, like, the fans. It was just like 
when I got here, it was just like the Packer fans was unbelievable. Like we would have full practices and uh, practice in the stadium. I forgot what they call uh, the family night. Yeah, family night. Yeah. It was just like wow, we filled the stadium like for a practice. I was like, this is unbelievable. Not a game. I know this. Not a game. Yeah, it's not, not a practice. game. And I'm like, this is a practice. I know nowhere in the NFL this is happening. So I know that this is a special place. What is the football fan culture like at Notre Dame? Oh, it's very similar. Uh, big tradition, a lot of fans, snowy games. So it's just like it's a lot of similarities. And also I would just say uh, it's like the tradition is like what really stands out because it's not just that you're playing for the team that's playing this year. You're playing for the teams that came before you. And I feel like I get the same vibe here at uh, for the Green Bay Packers. I just happen to have a list here, Dexter, of all of the running backs selected by the Packers in the draft out of the University of Notre Dame. You are the 11th all time. Only three have ever carried the ball in a Green Bay Packer uniform. Uh, Larry Coutre was the first. He was a fourth round pick in 1950. 17 rushes, 206 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the only other one, uh, eh, I think you heard of him, Paul Horning. Oh yeah. Just happened yeah. to be an MVP player yeah. and one of the greatest Packers of all time <laughs> in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But here's the rest of the list. The most recent draft choice out of Notre Dame prior to Dexter Williams this year, Ray Ratkowski in 1961. Never made it. Ah, old rat. Yeah, old rat man. Bill Barrett, a 28th rounder in 52. John Pinelli, 29th round, 1948. Hmm. Bob Palladino, 27th round in 47. Bob Kelly, 10th rounder. Bob Sagow, 17th rounder in 41. Will Willard Hofer, the 21st round pick at 39. And good old Wally Fromhart, 7th round pick in the very first NFL draft of 1936. Oh, sure. Not bad. Old Wally. What a group. What a group. Yeah. Uh, but you, Larry Legendary around Dexter. these parts. Old yeah, Wally. No uh, but nonetheless, so yeah, that's the teams of the past yeah. you're playing for today, Dexter. Mm -hmm. Some good, some not so good, but if you measure anything close to Horning, we'll take it. All we'll right. Ed, you've already got two yards, so you're well on you're your way. You're two yards yeah, on, well your on, on your way. Yeah, you're yeah. well on your All way, right. man. You've got a better rushing average than Tim Boyle. <laughs> we had him on a while back. He gave us the art of kneeling. Remember when he came on at the end of yeah. that game and took a knee, and his average per carry is about minus two, and you're at least 0 0.7. But it's yeah. a start. Hey, it's a it's start. It's a start. Got to start somewhere. Damn right, it's a start. <laughs> when we come back, more with Dexter Williams and a fantastic story about, well, his college roommate. Uh, you're going to love it. When we come back, more from Dexter. We're live from the turn. It's the fifth quarter. Back after this. The Turn, powered by Top Golf Swing Suites. Your hosts, Mark Daniels, Matt Z. All right, welcome back, everybody. Mark Daniels, Matt Z, and Dexter Williams on this bye week. And uh, it's a low-key thing. We're not uh, grilling them about yesterday's game or anything like that. It's just kind of a fun night with a rookie. And uh, you're the first draft choice on this year, I think, right? I believe so. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah, I think All you're right. right. All right. Got to get after Rashawn, another big tenor. Yeah, haven't uh, had carry on. Just up the road in Ann Arbor. Uh, we'll get on him, but we'll get on him. But I'm glad you're here, Dexter. And a fantastic story, and I just read a, a long article today uh, that was written in Sports Illustrated a couple of years ago, just before you were coming out uh, from Notre Dame, about your mom, Cheryl, and an incident that happened in high school. And I'm glad she's doing okay, and I'm glad she's mm -hmm. in town. But it had to be one of the most frightening things a youngster can ever go through. Can you kind of just tell us what happened to your mom and what's happened since? Um, so, like, in high school, uh, I was coming from school, like, 
And after every day in high school, I always go into my mom's room and we get a chance to just sit down and just talk about like how the day how was. How was it? And um, this day was just particularly different. When I came home, she was laying in the bed and that was something that was like kind of weird. And when I was trying to talk to her, she wasn't responding. And I was shaking her, she wasn't responding. So um, I immediately called the ambulance. She didn't, she didn't wake up, she was in a coma for a while. And uh, when we got to the hospital, after they finished running tests and stuff, she was like pronounced brain dead. She was basically living off of machines and stuff for about maybe two to three months. And wow. it really didn't hit me till like she missed my first birthday. And I was like, wow, like this is like very different because I didn't serious. have my mom on my birthday. Then my dad was talking to me. They was like, uh, the doctor was basically saying that it wasn't like going to get any better. We're going to have to pull the plug soon. And uh, before we pulled the plug, oh, well, before um, I told my dad, I was like, I don't want to pull the plug just yet. Me and him had a little conversation. I said, I just want to pray. And when we prayed, uh, I believe it was actually the same day or maybe a day later she woke up and everything was fine. And um, she still like goes through a lot of stuff. She was pronounced with like myasthenia gravis. It's a okay. rare disease. Yeah, that's a, it's an autoimmune yeah, dis uh, yeah, condition, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, she had diabetes and it was couple of uh, hypopulmonary, it's, it's something like to really like do, uh, do with your breathing and stuff like that. So um, it's been tough, but she has a days. She has to stay on top of her medicine. And I'm the guy that just really likes making sure that she's taking her medicine on time each and every day. But uh, she has her ups and downs, but you can never tell if you look at her. Uh, she, you would never tell that she's been through those things. So um, it's great this, just to see that she's a fighter and just to see that she can keep on, keep pushing throughout all these like tragedies and stuff and she it, it really rubs off on me and um also it just helps me to push do push each and every day so you were a freshman in high school mm -hmm. when this all happened and three months of this and uh and she still had to have regular and probably still has to have regular uh hospital visits yes. checkups just yes. to make sure everything's okay and then you ran into a few yeah, incidents at Notre mm -hmm. Dame. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's not kid ourselves. There was yeah. a little trouble on field and then a, off the field, then a suspension going into last season where you missed the first four games, and you gave mom another call. Yeah, and this was the call. I was just like, Mom, it's time to get uh, things rolling. I was like, this is my last year, and I want to be able to do it great, and I want you to be here to see everything because throughout my uh, couple of years at Notre Dame, she hadn't made a game at all, so I just was like, I really just wanted her to move up there, and I just really wanted her to just see her son do the best he could possibly do this year. And I was graduating in December, so I just wanted to make sure she was there for graduation as well. So we took, uh, took, um, I just took the time to talk to her. I was like, Mom, I want you to move with me from uh, what starting in like, I believe it was February. She came up in February, and I told her I want to, her to stay all the way to graduation. And um, it worked out fine. She was there. It just really you didn't have made... a roommate, right? No, I didn't have a roommate. <laughs> so um, she stayed in the uh, extra room I had. Uh, and uh, basically, she made my home feel like a home again because just like having my mom there, she was helping me uh, clean. I heard. First thing she did yeah. was get after the bathroom. Yeah, That's what yeah, I remember so reading. She, yeah, she helped me clean up a lot. Dexter, and, uh, <laughs> what is happening in here? <laughs> that sounds just like it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, she helped me clean. She was doing a lot of cooking. We had a lot of fun. Had a couple guys over there would come over and eat as well. And it was just like um, everyone was welcome. So um, just throughout that whole process, she just helped me to keep my head high. 
and just to continue pushing throughout. She became the mom of the whole, whole team. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so she definitely did. <laughs> you were you were living off campus, like an apartment type situation. Mm-hmm, yeah. All right, because I was gonna say if you put your mom in one of those dorm rooms. Oh no, on campus, no, 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 man, <laughs> Dexter. How, how, how did Coach <laughs> Kelly handle that? How did he deal with that? And how, how, what did he think of that? Um, he actually uh, thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I believe one time he came over to the really? house. Yeah. Came out. And, uh, he hanged out with us for a while, and um, me, him, him and my mom had a great relationship as well. Now, is your mom still in Green Bay with you now? Does she stay through the season with you, or is she kind of back yes. and forth from Florida? Uh, she's actually been up here for a while. The only time she really goes home is just like for checkups and stuff like that. But majority of the time, she's here with me. She just can't trust you with that bathroom, huh? <laughs> 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 Apparently not. Apparently not. I've got to stay. Uh, but, but what a great story. And, it's amazing. And what an influence. And I think uh, as much as of an inspiration as she is to you, I think you are to her. Yes. To keep her going and feeling great and, and just mm-hmm. let's get up and get after tomorrow. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Way to go. Congratulations. That's a good story. Love that one. Yeah. Uh, your time at Notre Dame. What was what was your relationship with Coach Brian Kelly? Talk about that relationship and what he is like off the field and as a coach. Um, well, I could just start on the field. Um, on the field, he was a hard coach, but he the only reason why he was a hard coach is because he wanted all his players to be great. So he always stayed on us. He always made sure that we were always trying to go to the next level and also just get the best out of everything that was offered at Notre Dame. He always uh, preached to us just not by handling our business on the field, but off the field. And also, he was a coach that you can count on to be there in your corner. He's a coach that you can uh, just count on to like really discipline you when you need that discipline. So he was a great coach. And um, he had a great relationship with me and my family off the field. He spent time talking to us, talking to my mom about a lot of things that were going on. And also, um, he helped out a lot of guys. So he was a coach that the guys could count on. And Notre Dame this year, top 20. Yeah. Number two in the independent. That's mm-hmm. You still follow them really closely, I oh, would yeah, imagine? I still follow them a lot. Yes. Yeah, that's good. And they just uh, whooped up on Navy. That has to feel good. Yeah, that feels great. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. A lot of great rivalry games always, uh, you know, as the independent, you know, the USC game, yeah. Michigan mm-hmm. rivalry. Anyone in particular stand out to you? Ooh, I really don't like USC at really? all. Yeah, I really don't like USC. Michigan as well. Stanford, yeah, those three. All right. <laughs> when, you, when you say you really don't like them, what do you mean? Like what feeds into that for you? It's just, uh, just the rivalry and how big it is. It's just I feel like when we play those teams, it's just like a lot of disrespect. It's a lot of trash talking. It's a lot of uh, just really just showing who's the best team. And I feel like uh, Michigan is a team that's like in our backyard. And I feel like that's disrespectful that they're in our backyard. So we have to just beat up on them and show them who the big dog is. And same thing for Stanford. I feel like they feel like they're smarter than us. Yeah. I don't like that as well. Blake will tell you that. And USC, I just feel like, mm, I really don't know what to say about USC. You had a big run run against USC, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was a big run against USC. Yeah, one of those. Uh, second level explosive gains, fifty plus, wasn't it? Yeah, not bad. Well, your bad. senior year at Notre Dame, you had a lot of big long runs. I yeah, mean, I had you a few. I had a and few. your touchdowns, didn't you average like twenty four point six yards, something crazy like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you made a lot of big explosive <laughs> so plays. Despite missing the first four, that got everybody's attention. I am sure. 
Yeah, it, it was got, the first four. Yeah, no question. I uh, got your attention, and, I, you know, that's probably a reason why it's slid a little bit, but uh, I, I'm glad the Packers got you because we've seen, well, I have seen at least, you know, through camp and in practice, uh, a lot of that explosion. Yeah. So sit tight, young man. You'll be, you'll be out there. Yes, sir. What made you choose Notre Dame? How did you settle on that university? Um, well, at first, a lot of people don't realize I was committed to Miami until the last week of signing day. And at the time, Miami was on a shaky rock. Al Golden was on his way out. So I didn't want to go into, like, being, like, going through a whole lot of coaching changes. And Notre Dame was, like, my option, too. And I felt like if I went to Notre Dame, I just really wanted my family to be able to see me play. And I knew they play on TV every Saturday. And also, it was just like I'll be able to get a great education and be able to play at one of the uh, – highest levels of play at Notre Dame. So um, I felt like that was a great uh, option as well. And then I seen that they had a, a big line of tradition of like running backs that have came through Notre Dame. Yeah, a few. Yeah, and then um, the offensive line was always great. And I knew that we had some great guys and I would be able to be there with some great quarterbacks as well. And you wouldn't have to deal with the, you know, turnover chain or takeaway chain or all yeah. the jewelry at the U. I mean, those oh, hoodlums yeah. over there with yeah. the teams. It's a different culture, it I seems. I know, yeah, yeah, that was a while. Yeah. With the teams. What was the college football playoff like? Oh, it was Junior. a great experience. Um, it was actually my senior. We made it to the college playoffs. Right. So, yeah. Um, That's right. So, yeah, it was a great experience. We didn't win like how I expected. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough one, but – it was a great experience just to be the first time uh, for Notre Dame to be in the playoffs. So um, that was a, a great milestone for me. And um, that's all I could really say because we didn't win. Yeah, true. But yeah. you made it. You were in the Final Four. Yeah. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to a pretty good defense these guys are going to see come Sunday night. San Francisco 49er preview with Dexter Williams coming up in a moment. Don't go away. More of the fifth quarter live from the turn right after this. One. Talk golf swing suites. Here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. All right. Oh, we're back already. Man, these breaks go fast when we're chatting with Dexter Williams, everybody. Welcome back to the turn here. Along with Matt Z, I'm Mark Daniels. Glad you joined us tonight, and we'll make it worth your while. A lot of late, a lot of great door prizes. No hotter cold play tonight, uh, obviously, with no hotter cold play for the game. But our friends from Robinson do have the Packer uh, Pro Shop gift card we're going to give away on air before we say so long. And new era hats. And Larry, what'd you bring here? Did you see this? Go Pack Go M&Ms. Big box. <laughs> <laughs> you you know a city has an addiction to their football franchise yeah, when they make really. candy based on the football ba team. Based on and, well, every game with every score, right? Is that how it works over the pro shop? Oh, that's crazy. That's our good that's cool. friends from Festival Foods. All right, Dexter, Niners, big one, 8-2 v. 9-1. and one. Uh, This is going to be fun. This is going to be a very intense, lot-on-the-line game. And the best thing about it is, Matt LaFleur said, you're leaving Saturday, not Friday, to the West Coast. Good thing. Right? <laughs> we all know what happened. What happened in L.A.? What happened? What happened in L.A.? Was there anything crazy going on between um, how much time did you? How much time did you spend on the beach? I actually didn't get a chance to go through. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. So um, I just did a lot of time just sitting in my room, making sure I'm, like, still active. I didn't want to do a lot of sitting so I can keep my legs, keep the blood flowing and stuff. But I actually did get a chance to, like, go downtown, just see the Staples Center. Yeah, yeah, because like you that. guys were right across the street yeah, practically. Really, like, yeah, really, uh, right across the street. So I got a chance to, like, really go through downtown. Love all the statues around but, the Staples. Yeah, They've got about nice. 20 it's of nice. them over there. I mean, what, Ali, Gretzky, Magic, 
Kareem, mm-hmm. uh, Luke Robitaille, I think, has got a statue out there. Uh, that's a cool place. Yeah, it's a very cool place. But, yeah, uh, we didn't really do a lot. I don't, I'm not sure what other no guys kidding. did, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but, um, yeah, we just can't uh, afford to come out this Sunday just like how we did against the Chargers. So, this week, I feel like we'll, uh, we'll stick to the routine. Nine and one versus what? What are they? Three and six? That might have a little something to do with it, too. I uh, just, yeah. a little something to do with it. Uh, you guys know what you're in for. Did you happen to see any of the Niners yesterday at all? Or did you dive into any of the video yet? Yeah, I actually seen a little bit of the Niners. Um, I actually watched them play. So uh, they played a great game. But at the same time, we're still uh, finna uh, start preparing for them, getting everything going, and uh, just taking it day by day and doing what we do and playing Green Bay, Green Bay Packer football. Aaron Rodgers was saying last week that it's important for the young guys of which you qualify uh, to understand that eight and two doesn't happen very often. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, okay, and this is an opportunity that even going into the bye week, you guys should think about on the bye week mm-hmm. that when you come back. This is an opportunity. You have an opportunity to earn a first-round bye, if yep. not the number one seed in the NFC, where that only takes you one game to the conference championship, and then you're only two wins away from, hey, going back to your home state. Yeah. So, uh, And I think that has been impressed upon the young players. A couple of them I talked to today in the locker room about that. Uh, big, yep. big time. Yeah, that's definitely been pressed. Uh, Aaron uh, had a talk with us, Z as well, saying that don't forget that we're eight and two, so don't just go and not do anything on a break. We want you guys to relax, but still remember that we're eight and two, and we have a, a great opportunity, just like you said. And um, those two leaders, I feel like a lot of the guys in the locker room listened. A lot of guys worked out. A lot of guys stayed focused. But at the same time, we did relax a little bit, but not too much relaxing because we know that we have a big game coming up. Gee, Zadarius saying something. Yeah, he Shocking. was saying a lot. Yeah, yeah. He was saying a lot. Kind of a leader. Yeah. Yes, he is, for sure. Uh, your nickname is Juice, mm-hmm. right? How did you come to earn that nickname? Um, it was just like uh, my attitude on the field. They was just saying I come with a lot of juices. That's like a lot of excitement. And uh, when you watch me play, it's just uh, – you just get excited because you never know when I'm going to break a big run or when a big run is going to happen. So that's how I got that name. It's just like the energy that I bring to the room is just like, yeah, that kid has the juice. And um, I just kept it ever since then. Speaking of interesting terms, I've been seeing popping up on Packers merchandise the word yeet. Oh, yeah. Y-E-E-T. <laughs> yeet. <laughs> Explain that for us. So Yeet, it was, I, I believe the offensive line started, it was just the Yeet cannon. We got to come out and fire all the rounds as possible. So the Yeet cannon, when you fire that cannon, it makes a loud noise and it, it does a lot of damage. So I believe that's why we have the Yeet on our shirt. The Yeet cannon. A Yeet cannon. I have yeah. never heard of a Yeet cannon. <laughs> I can't it, say that I have is either. Is there such a thing? Is it something... Uh, Google it. Hurry up. Right. <laughs> Google it. Okay. So, yeah, but it it, it, is, it is caught That's up. That's why I asked him. Dexter know, could have been my Google. Out. It makes a lot of noise, but, I, you know, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, is it like the West Virginia Mountaineer guy with the, you know, <laughs> powder firearm or the Patriot guys that blow off their guns after the touchdowns? The heat cannon. All right. All right. Uh, represent the high point pistol. Oh, that's the primary urban diction. All right. 
urban uh, dictionary definition of it. All right, so it's, it's discarding a slang an term. item at high velocity. All right, it's yeah. a slang term. Yeah. All right, so fire the yeet come Sunday night. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, but that's only a nine millimeter round. <laughs> You're not firing off very big cannons here. I mean, if you fire off a lot of them, then that's it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's rapid fire. All right, okay. rapid fire. Bump stock it. Yeah, <laughs> let's not go down that road. All right, please, please. Uh, so, uh, what do you think will have to happen come Sunday night? Uh, just kind of give me. Uh, let's play coach for a minute. Let's do your game plan. How do you think it will be effective moving the ball against the 49ers? What needs um, to happen? Just like we talked before, just being able to establish the run early right. on in the game, which will open up the pass, and just being able to just go out and play with high energy and high effort. And uh, we have to go out and just protect the ball. We have to uh, always uh, protect the ball. You don't want to give up turnovers Guys because turnovers. Very good in that department. Yeah, turnovers are, are very huge in the NFL, and that can uh, just really just separate who wins the game. I think this is going to be interesting because, you know, Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan have been cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Uh, Growing up in this league, uh, their offenses are very similar, uh, very dependent on the run. Niners and Brita, uh, they have a lot of good tight end weapons as well, uh, and, uh, and a hot quarterback, but who's prone to something Aaron Rodgers is not, and that's the turnover. Had a couple of picks yesterday yeah. that got him into trouble. So if the defense could kind of clamp it down too, I think this could be a very interesting Sunday night. Dexter, what is your first football memory? In the NFL or just, just overall, overall playing the game, seeing the game. First thing you remember about football in your life. Um, the first thing I remember about football in my life, I would say uh, p- probably playing Sandlot football. Um, it was like the first time I ever touched the football. I was maybe five or six, I believe. And it was like a couple guys were coming to tackle me, and it was like I broke all the guys and I scored a touchdown. Really? And I just realized, like, man, I really love this sport. So it was about about five or You're six. Killing me, Smalls. Yeah. The Sandlot, huh? Yeah, Sandlot football. <laughs> That's very cool. And you knew right then you'd be in the NFL, right? <laughs> nah, not six really. years old. Not really. Uh, <laughs> six years old. But after I started playing uh, uh, more and just getting older, I was just like, yeah, the NFL is definitely a goal. If you weren't playing in the NFL, what would you be doing career-wise? Career-wise, I would say being a mentor. I want to be a mentor for, like, underprivileged kids and stuff, being able to help them out because I felt like that was something that we didn't have in my neighborhood. We we had a lot of athletes that came from my neighborhood, but really none of them came back. So I just want to just really reverse that. I don't, don't want to say it's a curse, but I just want to re- reverse that narrative in my community and just really just show that um, I can come back and help it out. How, do you think, how important do you think that is to go back uh, and help the kids that – aren't going to have an opportunity to get out, let's say. Yeah, I would say I, I would find it very helpful just for me having the platform that I have, um, even though if they're not being athletes or anything. I just really? Yeah, be able just to, kids. Yeah, just kids. I just want to be able to go back and show them that they can be anything they want to be. Good for you. Next week is Thanksgiving. What's the one Thanksgiving item that you cannot live without? All right, we're talking Mama I Cheryl here two. Again. Oh, two? All right. Okay, two. All right, I'll give you two. Ham and macaroni and cheese. Mm. Oh, Lord. that is like life on Thanksgiving. Say, if your mom cooked for the Irish, and she's probably going to cook a meal for you guys here in mm-hmm. uh, at Lambeau, Pursuit, how about you have the fifth quarter crew come on over and? Uh, yeah, well, why yeah. not? You guys invited. There it is. There it is. Just uh, yeah, j- really. Just make sure your mom gets to the bathroom before we come yeah. over. Right? <laughs> 
I'm, re- I'm real particular. I don't like a dirty bathroom either. <laughs> yeah. You won't judge, but I don't the care. bathroom won't be dirty. All right. I don't, I don't care how good the macaroni and cheese is. The bathroom better be clean. You got you. <laughs> All right, Dex. Now that you're in the NFL, you've gotten a little taste of it. Can you kind of lay out what your forward-thinking goals are? Um, just basically just uh, keep improving each and every year and just uh, getting on the field and doing what I do, playing football, and just showing that everyone that I belong in this NFL and also just in this league and showing that I can come in and do great things for the Packers. That would be nice. That would be nice. Dexter, it's been a pleasure having you on. Really appreciate the candor about your mom. We wish her the best, obviously, and, and for you as well. I want you to stay healthy. When you get that ball, uh, it's going to happen some more, I have a feeling, and uh, I know you'll be ready and make the best of it, won't you? Yes, sir. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Dexter Williams joining us on the fifth quarter.